What's going on on my podcast, or C. Jizzle and the Wizzle bringing you episode two of the night. Um, like I said, I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm probably going to ramble on about shit, but I've got a couple more beers to drink, and uh, we're going to get at it. So, one of the first things that, like I said, I want to talk about is to stop selling yourself short when it comes to your job. When it comes to corporate America, when it comes to anybody that's trying to exploit you for money or work, stop letting them do it. Like, I mean, it used to be as I was younger, I would let these businesses and corporations get away with a lot more. Because you need the money, you need the job, you're young, don't have any experience, blah, blah, blah. But as time goes on and you get older, you start realizing that not only do you not want to be treated that way anymore, but you could be the boss. And it it doesn't take a whole lot, let's put it that way. You know, I've talked about how treating your workers like gold will get you a long way. Treating your customers like gold will get you a pretty long way. Um, But... You know, um, like let's let's say I was gonna open a uh, food truck or something downtown. I think it would be complete gold. I think it would be awesome. Anywho, just was talking to a friend. Had to take a little break from this podcast, and I had to talk to a friend real quick, so I kind of lost my train of thought, but. Um, <laughs> just did a rip off this wax too so I'm still kind of high I'm still kind of like trying to come down from that so man it's just funny some of the shit sometimes when you're having a bad day you can come home and talk to some people and they can just make you laugh you know uh, it's the greatest thing ever that's a true friend you know and he lives I don't know, about 14 hours away, probably. He lives in South Carolina. Um, but it's some guy that I've, I've listened to for a while, for a couple years now, at least a couple years. I think about three years, maybe even a little more than that, three, three and a half. But on and off, you know, three, three and a half altogether, but for the past year and a half to two years, I've been listening to him every night. That I get a chance. If I have to work, it really sucks. But that's just that's just how good he is, and it makes me feel good with the music that he plays. And I like watching him to, you know, uh, kind of learn a lot of shit just by watching his fingers and everything whenever he plays. And um, you know, I like to be able to just go and hang out with him, watch him play at the bars that he plays at, and have a whole month off of work at least, you know, I can't do that unless I'm living the van life, you know what I'm saying, unless I've got some money stacked up, I've got some, you know, because it's going to cost at least $3,000 a year, I would say 4000 if you want to live comfortably for groceries, so... Um, and then you got to figure in ice and everything. 
I think I figured that in with the $500 a month that it was going to cost with the insurance and gas and ice and the telephone bill and everything. I think it was like $500 a month. Anywho, I can't just up and leave right now and take a week off, you know what I'm saying? Not only do I have a job, but I've got rent that I'm stuck with. So, if I eliminated both of those things and I lived out of a van I didn't have rent, and I didn't have a job, but I had money saved up, things would be a lot different. So that's that's kind of what I'm planning on. That's kind of what I'm shooting on, is getting a little bit of money in my pocket, saving it up, getting in the van life, having a little bit more left over. And... Even if I got to work an extra year after that to get some more money in my pocket. Um, I want to I wanna start saving some money so I can get into a new van, a new high top, a new sprinter. Um, so I don't know how that's going to pan out. I don't know if, you know, I'm going to move from here and travel for a little bit in my van and find a new job somewhere else I would I, I would like to do that it's just a very dangerous gamble to give up everything and not have a job so I mean I want to save up as much money as I can while I do have a job I want to try and get a different job um, but I want to make sure that not only I have enough money for groceries for a whole year but to make sure that I have money for necessities that I'm going to need, um, supplies, clothing, stuff like that. Maybe park fees and stuff. If I pull in somewhere and there's a, a campground or a park fee, um, going to have to pay for that, you know. Sometimes it's pretty easy to just go into a place where there's a camp hookup and pay 20 bucks and get the electricity. I mean, honestly, I mean, 20 bucks isn't a bad deal for the night. To be able to charge everything up, to be able to power your TV and your lights and everything, it's not a bad deal if you can find a little camp spot for 20 bucks with a hookup. So I thought about putting in a cable. Uh, you just drill a hole in the side of your rig, and it's pretty much like an extension cord on one side. And then on the other side, you got your little plug-in. You know, you glue that, glue that in, and then you screw it down, and uh, it's watertight. So I've been thinking about doing that too for backup scenarios in case my batteries are dead on my jackeries. Um, like I said, maybe I pull into a campsite somewhere. And to pay the 20 bucks, especially in the winter time, you can top off your batteries, you can uh, run a heater, you can, you know, run a TV off of it, or your laptop off of it, or, you know, whatever. But, it's kind of like a backup. I'm not going to be using it all the time. I, I'd rather run off of solar power, but, like I said, in the winter time, it gets really cloudy, you know, maybe you're parked in the shade a lot. There's 
there's just endless possibilities when it comes to van life. So, it's already 1.30 in the morning. I haven't even eaten anything. It's crazy. I've got some of these uh, lumpia, and nobody really knows what lumpia is unless you're a Chinese food addict. And it's not even really Chinese food, it's more Vietnamese, but I've got uh, the lumpia that they call is lumpia Shanghai. Long story short, it's a Chinese thing too. So. Anyways, it's these really thin rice papers, wonton papers, that they fill with, um, usually it's meat and seafood. Now, mine is just like, I think mine is meat, carrots, and celery and stuff that's all diced up really thin. They kind of make like a, it's kind of like a sausage, kind of, but it's in a wonton wrapper. So it's, you know, if you deep fry them is the best way. Um, now, I don't have a deep fryer or anything. I've been trying to live a little healthy. So you put them in the oven, you know, brush a little bit of vegetable oil or olive oil on top of them. I, I like to cook them at like 300, 350. And uh, you let them sit in there and roast. I got some some steamed dumplings to go with it but I don't have a microwave safe container so I've just been putting those in the oven too and those are raw I mean those are packed with I think those are pork and green onion and something dumplings I don't know but those are raw so you gotta cook those all the way through I like to put them in for at least 25 minutes or so they say you're supposed to check it with a thermometer but if you leave them in there for 25 minutes as thin as they are and um, at 350 they're definitely going to cook so if you put them any higher than that you're going to be burning them they're going to be sticking to the pan me, I don't even really like to use vegetable oil or olive oil on it, um, honestly. But, you know, to his, his own, whatever. Pretty expensive, like sixteen ninety nine for two pounds of lumpia. Now, I've only had like, probably, I don't know, six or eight of them, I don't know. I've got a lot more left in there. A lot. They're like little mini tacos, but little mini Asian tacos. Anyways, we're going to take another swig of this Evans. And it's going to be a nasty one. Oh my lord. Ugh. Holy fuck. That's just nasty. Mm. I see I usually chase Evans or uh, any kind of liquor with 
like Pepsi or something. But even trying to chase it with beer, it's like, oh my gosh, it's just fucking terrible. Just terrible. Like, a fucking plastic bottle, man. It's fucking terrible. Now, if it came in a glass bottle or whatever, and I had a little chaser or something, oh my gosh. But this shit is like poison. Fucking tastes like poison. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. I don't know how to explain it. It'll get you fucked up, but... Oh my gosh. It tastes like fucking plastic poison. And I've had, you know, it's everywhere that I go. It's not just like it's this place and they have a bad batch. Fucking, when I was working at the gas station, I'd get little shot bottles and it's always the same thing. I think it's the alcohol eating away at the fucking plastic. It's terrible. And there's no way for the FDA or anything to regulate it. They're not going to come in and say, hey, this is un unhealthy for you to drink it even probably says on the side it causes cancer or some shit you know what I mean so you kind of drink it at your own risk but I'm telling you if you ever get an airplane bottle and you're a connoisseur of liquor and you just take a shot of it it tastes like fucking plastic get a little get a little airplane bottle of Evan Williams and tell me if it doesn't taste like plastic I don't care where you are, where you're from, it's going to taste the same. Now, if you get it in a fucking glass bottle, now, I'm a, I'm a brandy kind of guy. I like brandy. I like dark liquors, too. Um, now, if you give me clear liquors, I'm going to get fucking pissy. I'm going to get nasty. I'm going to get, you know, tequila, vodka, um really get me mean and pissy same thing with Moscato wine like a light wine now they make Moscato in Chile in South America supposedly um, really makes me kind of pissy especially if I drink enough of it um, I drank a whole bottle of Lucky Duck one time well not a whole bottle but almost a whole bottle and people are like, well, yeah, you almost drank a whole bottle of wine. And I was like, yeah, well, it was throughout the night, though, you know. And I'm pretty used to drinking rum and whatever, you know. It's more than 15%, which is usually what wine is at. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> that Lucky Duck Moscato will fucking get you every time. Well, it'll get me every time. So, tequila, like I said, I don't like it. It makes me mean. It tastes like shit. Now, I, I will do some margaritas. Or, I will take a couple shots of tequila with some lime. But other than that, I am not drinking a whole fifth of fucking Patron or whatever like everybody else is. That's just disgusting. It's terrible. It's kind of like an acquired taste. And it's the same thing with gin. I don't, um, 
I don't like the piney taste of gin. It tastes like you're eating a pine tree, you know. But if you mix it with grapefruit juice or you mix it with orange juice or something, it tastes fucking pretty good to me. It's about the only clear liquor that I can drink that I don't get meat on. You know, I mean, um, and that's kind of depending on how much I drink of it. You know, if I drink um, half of a fifth or whatever, I'd, I'd probably be pretty good. You know, anything more than that would be kind of pushing it. So, whenever I'm drinking with somebody and they're like, hey, you know, let's have this fucking gin and oh no you know we're not drinking it straight same thing with vodka if somebody brings vodka to a party I may drink a little bit of it I may take you know if we're mixing it with something if we got some Kool-Aid or some fucking yeah I'll put some vodka and some Kool-Aid you know something but I'm not going to drink it straight It's just so nasty. So gross. Like if you've ever taken a shot of just straight vodka, it's it's like rubbing alcohol. And people are like, oh yeah, it's the fucking... Some people, you know, are like, oh, it's the greatest fucking thing out there. Vodka is the greatest thing. And I think vodka is made out of potatoes, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, but it's fucking trash. It's, you know, they've even got vodkas out there, like, smeared off, and, oh, it's seven times distilled, and it's nine times distilled, and it's 30 times distilled. Who gives a fuck? It's trash, you know, like, to begin with. The dark liquors are where it comes out, you know, and like I said, I mostly drink beer. I'm a beer drinker. Because I can't handle drinking too much liquor. But I love, don't get me wrong, I love my liquor, but I just can't anymore. I just can't drink it. I'm getting too old, you know. um, Sometimes I might have some liquor with some beer, you know, while I'm out. But I'm not out here drinking or half gallons or whatever like I used to so keep that in mind um now Evan Williams is what we always drank on uh, when it was us and the boys back in the day it was Evan Williams and um Captain Morgan and uh it was really cheap you can get a handle of it or a fifth of it for really cheap for really cheap and um we you know my sister was married to a guy and she's still married to him long story short um but they lived right behind a grocery store that sold liquor so we would have bonfires over there, and we would literally walk right down the alley and go to this grocery store and get liquor, you know. 
it was it was the perfect fucking spot. It was the most convenient spot ever. Like literally, it was a fucking two minute walk to the grocery store to get liquor. So we used to sit out there all the time and fucking have bonfires and get fucked up right behind the grocery store. Mind you, you know, they lived right behind the grocery store. Like, it was a fucking skip and a walk to go to the grocery store. And they didn't stop selling until fucking one, you know. And back then, that was before COVID and all this other bullshit. And they would keep their doors open until uh, 12 or... I think it was 12 or 1 o'clock. They keep their doors open. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't no 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock bullshit. But nowadays, it's, everything closes up at 8 or 10 o'clock. I mean, that grocery store actually, uh, after all these years, You know, I can remember going there as a kid. It was one of the only shopping saves that they had on that street. And I can remember going there as a kid. I can remember going there, you know, when I got my license and I was drunk and shit. Um, I can remember going there, like I said, when when my sister lived right behind there. We used to walk over there all the time. And now, it's a fucking, like, (laughs) COVID center or a fucking ambulance center or some shit. I don't know what the fuck it is. But it's just crazy to see. In my town. In my town. it's, It's just, you know, because it was an icon to have that grocery store right there. It was just an icon. And... Now, people live around there, can't shop there, so they have to go all the way the fuck to the north side of town, or they gotta go all the way the fuck to the west side of town, somewhere where there's a grocery store, but there was one right there, smack dab, I don't want to say it was in the middle of the ghetto, because it was in a... Half of it was like a nice neighborhood and half of it was in the ghetto. But the point is that it was a place to get groceries and it was, a, you know, uh, even for me, I wish sometimes that that place was still around. I'm not going to lie. With county market and fucking, you know, people robbing you, you know, I wish it, I wish that Shop and Save was still around over there. I'm not going to lie. And um, now it's like some fucking, like I said, some weird COVID center slash uh, ambulance center slash, I don't know what the fuck it is. But it kind of devalued the neighborhood, people around there, because... You know, if you lived around there, like, back ten years ago, 
um, all those people around there went to that shopping center that lived around there, right? All And it was a, you know, I don't know, 10 block by 5 block radius. I don't know how many people really went there, but it was a lot of people. And even people would come from across town to go shopping there. So, but now there's nothing there except for some stupid ass fucking ambulance center and people that live around there you know they gotta go elsewhere to get their groceries it's fucking crazy when you think about it anyways in Illinois things are fucking crazy now I don't plan on sticking around here a whole lot longer but to get a food handler's license in one state, I'm sure, costs a lot of money. I'm, I'm going to say upwards of $100,000 to be able to get your business, to get your business license and whatnot. And, okay, uh, let's say you get that and you live in Illinois. You get your business license food handler's license and everything, and you pay taxes and shit in Illinois, but then you find out two years from now that you don't want to be in Illinois anymore, and you want to go to Arizona, and in Arizona you gotta pay to get another food handler's license and another, um, uh, business license through that that county, that state, that city, whatever. So it sounds good to be able to start a business, but until you actually know where you want to put it, it's not very smart to just jump out there and put out a business. Because, like I said. I'm not going to stay around here much longer, so. It's kind of the same reason why I haven't bought a gun yet. Because I don't want to have to buy a gun here and go through the licensing process and get a Floyd card and wait for all that shit. And then two years from now, I move to New Mexico or Utah or Arizona or, or fucking you know, South Carolina or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. From, you know, at, you know, a certain time in my life, it makes sense to get a gun. Right now, I kind of need one, like, fucking yesterday. But at the same time, it doesn't make sense to buy one now if I'm going to be moving. And I don't see myself sitting in fucking Illinois that much longer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. As soon as I save up some money and I can get the fuck out of the state, I'm getting the fuck out of the state. And it's probably going to be South Carolina. I'm not going to lie. It's just so beautiful there. The people there, you know, are so great. Even, you know, the Charleston area is where I really want to end up, but, um, 
being more further inland, you know, when the storms are coming and shit, uh, sounds good to me too, up by the mountains, so, either way, whether it's a four hour drive to go to the beach, or whether it's a 30 minute drive to go to the beach, um, I'm probably gonna end up over there on the east coast somewhere, probably in South Carolina, at first, um, I'm not, I'm not really sure, because I want to buy some property over there in Arizona, it's dirt cheap over there, it's really dirt cheap, and it's like $5,000 for two acres, and all you gotta do is pay the property taxes, and if all you have is that land, where you're parking your rig on, or whatever, if you don't have any concrete structures or any water or any garages or anything, you're not going to have but like $300 a year in taxes, you know. It's going to be cheap as fuck. I just need a little home base out there where I can park my shit, you know, for now. And then once I get some money, after I get done buying my mom's house, which is what I plan on doing, I'm going to save up enough money, I'm going to buy my mom's house, I'm going to pay the property taxes on it, and then I'm just going to have a little place out west somewhere where I can go for six months out of the year. So... Um, I thought about getting some some property as well. Maybe buying some other property and renting it out to people or Airbnb. Once I get to North Carolina, you know. Renting out some Airbnb places. And see, that's the thing. That's a retirement plan right there. That's a fucking retirement plan. Because if you can travel around the country and have somebody pay you rent or pay you Airbnb every month what the fuck do you gotta work for you know I mean you got an income coming in hopefully you got a pension or whatever but if not you got at least that you got at least an income coming in from your property your property that you've rented out And then, you know, you get a job somewhere, you work a daytime job, and you've got all that rental property still. If I wanted to move somewhere in the van and just have a change of scenery and get some money in my pocket and whatnot, there's plenty of Amazon factories around there, around everywhere. I mean, down south, Midwest up north, like, everywhere, and a lot of those places, they have a place where you can park your RV, hook up to a campsite, and I don't even think that they charge you to camp there, it's like free camping, so, for people that want to do Amazon work, 
especially if you're older or whatnot. It's a perfect, perfect job. Really, I mean, even if you're in your 60s, it's a perfect job. You know, you've you got your your retirement pension that you're trying to collect at 72 and you're still trying to make a living a lot of people will will take an early retirement and just take the penalty I'm not sure what it really is but yeah they take so much out of it and then after that you don't have a retirement you don't have anything to fall back on so you have to kind of work in order to kind of offset things because if you don't then you're going to be dipping into your retirement and your retirement is basically like all that you have right so no matter if you retire you know if you're selling fruit on the side of the road and fruit and sweet corn on the side of the road after you retire for 20 years or whatever from doing that of course you're probably not gonna have a pension from selling sweet corn but um you know you're gonna have so much money put back if you do it a certain way so you know We're just going to see where the fuck this road takes us. And I'm kind of looking here and I'm kind of looking there. And I'm kind of at a crossroads right now with certain shit. And that's okay. That's alright. That's normal. Like I said, this, this job that I'm at right now is probably not going to last that long. So... And mainly, it's because they don't give a fuck about their workers, and they overwork them, and they don't pay them enough, and they expect too much, and blah, blah, blah. And there's a reason why there's a fucking high turnover rate. So, you know, it's not just me. So, I don't care really what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm flipping burgers, I don't care if I'm scooping horse shit out of horse stalls, you know, as long as I have a good paying job that, you know, so that's what I'm kind of focusing on right now, for now, and I'm trying to put in other apps at other places, like Best Buy, for example, I think Best Buy would be a good job. You know, if you get uh, discounts and shit, and I like electronics and shit, you know, and I'm a pretty good salesman and shit, so I mean, Best Buy would be a pretty good job for me, but it's all about getting your foot in the door, and if they're gonna hire you, and a whole bunch of other shit. So, I've kind of got my arms open to multiple different things, getting into um, window cleaning again, or 
getting into uh, office cleaning. A lot of places like 3M Building Solutions do office cleaning and shit like that. That's pretty much what I used to do at maintenance supply. Besides washing windows, we would go to the the uh, National Guard Armory and we would change all their trash and we would buff their floors and shit like that, you know. So we would go to these companies and we would do their windows and we would take out their trash and shit like that, but we also did not just residential and commercial, but we did high-rise. So, you know, um, there was one time when I wasn't getting paid that much, I can tell you that. Um, but we went to this building downtown. And they wanted me to carry up all the buckets, you know, with all the ropes and shit in it. And all the cables and stuff. And then you had to haul up the actual, what they called the mule. Which was a, uh, it's a frame with wheels on it that you gotta put together once you actually get up there. But it, it comes apart in pieces. Like in three different pieces. You got the frame and the two wheels. And, you know, not only that, but you got all your ropes, all your bucket seats, all your, you know, um buckets with soap, your squeegees, everything, all your equipment, and you gotta take this up to, I think we were at like 140 feet, I'm pretty sure, like 14 stories, and um, <laughs> we get up to the top of the, the top floor, and you gotta carry all this shit up another two flights of stairs. So you got this fucking big ass metal beam that weighs probably, I don't know, 100 pounds at least. At least. It's made out of aluminum, but. So you're carrying that up the stairs, and you get all that and the buckets and the ropes up there, and then you get everything up there, and then you gotta fucking put it all together. And so, um, you know, that's a thing that I never really trusted because, you know, first of all, you gotta, you gotta trust people that you work with when you're doing high-rise shit. If you leave one bolt out or you don't tighten it down enough or, yeah, if you're just missing one fucking bolt, you know, it could, it can end your life and it's very serious shit. And I'm already scared of heights, and I have trust issues, and a whole bunch of shit, you know. And so I would carry this shit up there, and they would be like, okay, now help us set it up. And I was good at doing that. And they would tell me to do things like... Um, you know, they would send up their buckets and shit and tell me to put more soap in it, put more water or whatever. Um, that was fine. But when they started trying to ask me 
to actually go down there with them on those ropes. I said, fuck no. Fuck no. You know, there's a difference between if I'm going to risk my life for $50 an hour, then yeah, I might think about it. But I think at the time, it was like less than $10 an hour. I'm pretty sure. I'm not, I don't remember. Less than what the minimum wage is now. And, um, you know, there wasn't any hazard pay, there wasn't anything crazy like that, because they didn't, they didn't recognize you as a free faller or whatever. You were just a supply hand, pretty much. And so there was many days where we'd sit up there, we'd smoke weed, we'd light up a couple blunts and say, you know, I'd make sure everything was tied off and everything was good for them, but I'm not fucking going over that edge, you know. I'll sit here, I'll make sure everything's good and you guys can go over it again to make sure, but I'm not going over that edge, I'm telling you. Now, I would get up on a 40-foot ladder any day of the week, the wind blowing 20 degrees outside. We did that all the time. Yeah, I'll get up on a 40-foot ladder and do that shit, but when it comes to being 140 foot up and you're on the trust of somebody else, I didn't... I didn't, you know, I felt like the weight of that, you know, outweighed, you know, what I was getting paid. And I'm glad that I stuck, I stuck to that um, because if something would have happened, I probably won't, I probably wouldn't be alive right now, for one. So take the safe way out, take the path less traveled. If people are trying to push you into doing something, don't fucking do it. You know, you might feel like you're Billy Badass. It might be trying to push you along to do it. Don't do it. Seriously. Think about it. Weigh out your options. I don't have I don't have medical insurance right now, so I don't do a fucking whole lot of nothing. You know, I mean I can't afford it. I don't skateboard anymore, you know, if I fall off my bike or whatever and get injured, that's kind of on my own thing. Here recently, about, uh, I don't know, six months ago, probably about six months ago, I fell off my bike, I was really fucking drunk, and I ended up breaking my jaw. I ended up falling, like, flat on the pavement, like, bare fucking face on the pavement. I don't really remember much of it, but what I do remember is I had a broken jaw. That was fucking terrible. Terrible. I couldn't really talk. Um, I couldn't eat, you know chicken noodle soup, 
the little pieces of chicken and chicken noodle soup. Couldn't really eat that. It was really hard. And I was supposed to be on just a liquid diet for the first week. Maybe even the second week. And I was already eating solid foods within like the second or third week. I got so tired of it, I was, you know, I couldn't do it, you know. And applesauce and shit like that just wasn't cutting it. <laughs> so I can remember taking bites out of shit. I can remember taking bites out of stuff, and you can hear your, your bones crack and, like, readjust, you know. Like, fucking crinkle and crunch, and, you know, it was really, oh, it was really scary at the time. But, the more that I kind of formed it, and there was, like I said, a lot of times where I would just keep my jaws clenched down, keep it shut, and whenever I would talk to somebody, I would talk out of my teeth like this, which is... You know, it sounds the same, but I'm just talking out of my teeth. And it would be the same thing, you know, if you had a broken jaw. It would be wired shut. So I just kind of tried to mimic that and tried to not use my jaw as much as I could. And it turned out pretty good. It turned out pretty good. Like I said, there was a couple times where I crunched down and you can feel the bone kind of move around in there. And there were some times where I woke up and the bone was out of place. And you got to kind of, you got to kind of take your, your hand and shove that cheekbone back into place. And you'll hear it kind of crunch or pop or whatever. Um, but you'll feel that pressure in there that you know pressure is you telling you to pop it right back into place and when you do you know like me right now I feel like with my jaw being broken and my 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 chest injury that I had for me with healing it all on my own I've couldn't have done a better job and there's a lot of people that will freak out and they'll go to the fucking ER and honestly the ER isn't going to do a fucking thing for you if it isn't life threatening and if it is serious or even if it's not serious I mean I've even if it's half ass serious they're going to charge you an arm and a leg so, if you don't have any medical insurance, you're going to be, you know, I had a food poisoning trip that I took one time to the ER. It was like $8,000. So, you know, just put that in mind. I haven't been to the doctor in over five years. Probably closer to ten years. Yeah. Probably since the last time I took my uh, last vacation. Yeah.
see, that's a good thing for me. I haven't had a checkup or anything in the past 10 years. I'm still kicking. Um, probably need to get one soon. Get some blood work done, all that shit. But when, like I said, when you ain't got no insurance, $250 out of your pocket is a lot of money. So, no. If I wasn't living here paying rent, and I was living out of a van, then I could cough up that $250 like nothing. So, like I said, we're going to see how it goes within the next six months to a year. But I'm pretty sure things are going to get a lot better, a lot easier. I know things are kind of rough right now because the job that I'm at is kind of, you know, squirrely, but I'm going to end up getting another job here soon, and they're just going to have to kind of work around it, see, if they don't want to work around it, then I'll tell them to fuck off. That's kind of how, you know, you have to be nowadays when it comes to paying your rent. Because a lot of these places will cut you down 25 hours or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, you know, they don't, they don't really understand that going from 25 hours from 40 hours is a big fucking cut. So whenever you finally find somebody, a good company going to pay you, then they're like, oh, well, we kind of need you here for next Saturday. Well, I'm sorry, but next Saturday I'm scheduled to work at my other job for eight hours. So that's where it's going to kind of get squirrely because they're going to want me there. I'm not going to fucking be there. They're going to schedule me for certain evenings. I'm not going to fucking be there. Once I get this this new job, I'm telling you. You know, it, it, it's going to be money talks and bullshit walks. So, keep that in mind. At, at the end of the day, they've been fucking me around, over-pressuring me, not paying me enough. So, we're going to see what happens within the next couple months. You know, and if I get another job where they offer me full-time or whatever, fuck them. I'm not going to put in my two weeks or whatever. But I'm going to tell them, this is my schedule that you have to work around. And if they don't work around it, then that's their own problem. So... If they want to fire me over it, that's fine. I'll find another part-time job. So, I'm thinking about getting a hold of a vape shop here locally and seeing if they have any uh, work for me to do. Even if it's part-time work, it's really close to home. Um, And, I mean, even if it's... 20 hours a week, I don't really care, it's so close to home that it's 
too convenient, you know what I'm saying? So even if I did that at a smoke shop for 20 hours a week and I went and worked somewhere else for 20 hours a week, I'd, I'd be living okay. I'd be living pretty good. So we're going to see. There's so many fucking toss-ups right now in my mind. You know, there's so many possibilities so many different ways that we can go about this but for right now I'm going to continue working this job this crazy stupid fucking job and for the most part of this week she's got me working evenings except for like one day next week so we're going to see and with with me not having an extra cook or anything coming in, it's just going to be me on that day. So, we're going to see. I'll stretch out as much crust as I fucking can and sauce as much shit as I can and cheese as much shit as I can. There's not going to be a fucking piece of dough in there that isn't sauce and cheese. Since they want to fucking play around. I might even show up there early. You know, they're talking about, oh, you don't need to clock in until 9 o'clock or whatever, 9.30. I might show up at 8.30, clock in, get all that shit fucking done. Who knows? They got this whole policy right now since, since Bitch Boy snitched on us and said that we were all smoking weed, that we can't be out back smoking at all. Right? We can't be out there smoking cigarettes or anything. Out back. Now, we can smoke out front, but it's got to be like vapors or cigarettes. Because they know if we smoke out front, you know, we're not going to be smoking weed and shit. That's what they think. So... I'm going to get a little vape pen. As soon as I get some money again, I'm going to get a vape pen with some THC in it. I'm going to fucking get a weed pen. And when it's me there in the morning, I don't give a fuck who cares or who's watching or fucking bitch. I'm going to be in here smoking what the fuck I want to smoke when I want to smoke it, doing what the fuck I want to do because I'm a boss. That's how the shit works. You know what I'm saying? As long as I get the shit done, I get my fucking dough done, I get my fucking pizzas out that shit, fuck, fuck, fuck everything that everybody else is saying. You know? Nobody else knew about it until... Fat mouth opened his mouth. So obviously there's no cameras out back. And obviously, even if there was, I don't give a fuck. But, yeah. 
You can't sit there and tell me I can't have a break after eight hours a day. I have to get at least a 30 minute break by law. So, whether I'm out there fucking smoking a cigarette or talking on the phone or whatever, fuck them. Fuck them. They're going to sit there and they're going to try and fucking push my patience and then they're going to try and drug test me or some shit and then I'm going to sue the fuck out of them because you can't drug test me in a state that it's legal, you know what I'm saying? Because you can't prove that I'm under the influence of weed while I'm at work. It stays in your system for like 30 days, so, you know, anywho whole bunch of other this and that's and fucking whatever and for right now I'm going to focus on what I need to do now and what I need to do within the next six months and within a year so for right now I need to kind of suck it up and deal with this bullshit get another job Get into the van life and get the fuck out of here and find another job somewhere else where it's at least somewhat tolerable, you know what I'm saying? All these all these jobs are you know, people are like, Well, you've been through this job, you've been through that job, you've been through well, around here jobs are not really tolerable, you know what I'm saying? You got a lot of fucking dickheads around here. If I was to move somewhere else, and I was working at like a fucking ski shop somewhere, or a clothing shop, or a skate shop, or a smoke shop, or a fucking vape shop, or a weed shop, you know, there's so many opportunities out there. So, anywho, till the next one, I'm gonna go ahead and end this where it is. Um, I've got so much going on in my mind still, but... Till the next one, it was real, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. Deuces.